I saw this girl on Instagram who worked at Puma in the marketing department and I followed her and um, we just started like interacting and we both had this like crazy love for dubstep at the time sure. and I was like a big raver back in the day and so we just became like homies because of dubstep and then eventually she was like yo I just love your work like let me bring you on to the Puma stuff so then I started shooting for Puma and basically just ended up doing a project where uh, they wanted photos of women uh, late lady lady footlocker I think it's called and then my photos were in a bunch of like their stores um, throughout America oh, that's cool yeah like dubstep make a friend <laughs>
LA is a fun, cool city, but after almost seven years, I was like, okay. I, I get think that. I got like the LA life. It's all down and now I'm I'm done for something else. Hell yeah. And yeah. when you grew up in Paris, what was the lifestyle like compared to when you moved to Virginia? Was it just like a total whirlwind of difference or was there some similarities? I've never been to Virginia. Okay. Have you been to Paris? Yeah, I've been to Paris. I like Paris. I've been to either Virginia or Paris. Oh, really? Well, Well, just definitely go to Paris. Virginia's like, "Eh, it's (laughs) all right. (laughs) Um, I was pretty young when I moved. So, I mean, yeah, I was like five when I moved from Paris. So I kind of grew up like between both countries, but more in Virginia and then like summers and stuff would be in Mm. Paris. So not that big of an adjustment. And do you speak fluent? Fluent. You got it. Land of land. Land of land. Fluent furry. Fluent something. Fluent Virginian. Do you speak that stuff? All of them. All of them. Oh, yeah, wow, very Virginian impressive. and Parisian. Yeah, I speak French. Okay. First language. So th- does that make it easier to communicate with people on your projects and whatnot out there? Yeah. <laughs> Is everyone speaking French only? There's no like... Yeah, yeah, it's all French. Okay. I mean, people do speak English yeah, a little but, bit. But rare. But like, okay. Yeah, it's French. What's okay. it like trying to find like clients now that you're out there like getting established with that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm still in the middle of that. Right. So I feel like the process right now it's actually not been that hard because i've been doing this for so long now that like luckily i kind of have like a network and like word of mouth so people are starting to realize that i'm based in europe now so they're just sending me like their people that are in europe which is super awesome so it's it's going well so far but it's only been two months right so that's fucking cool though kind of getting dialed in do you have like a coffee shop that you're hitting all the time now yeah there's actually a cafe on the corner of my apartment it's like so french like all the seats turned (laughs) outside and like the waiters know me now and so i just go work there and yeah my like favorite part about when i visited last is like realizing that like the cafes are like cafes in the morning with coffee and then it's a bar at night and it's like why wouldn't we do that here it's like the same infrastructure yeah you know like sip the espresso at night early in the morning and then fucking shots at night (laughs) yeah exactly same same spot i'm like that's genius (laughs) and they go hard every night yeah like every day the week it's like you, every single one they're going oh yeah out. you come out at like 4 or 5 p.m every cafe is filled all the seats are facing the street everybody's drinking like <sighs> hanging out it's which p- which part do you live in i live in 17th okay i kind of know what that is <laughs> yeah <laughs> you asked that question as if you knew exactly <laughs> I, knew, I knew like a couple spots i know the 17th he was like eiffel I've, tower do you live next <laughs> no, to the eiffel tower no, no. i've been to montmere <laughs> Montmartre. Ah, God damn, it. damn it. So close. Yeah, anyways, we can cut this, right? <laughs> I'm actually not too far from Montmartre, but um, yeah, there's they're called arrondissements, and there's yes. like 20 of them. So I'm in 17. Very cool. Gotcha. <laughs> That's really cool. And so was the decision to move back, was it like one day, fuck it, next, like next week I'm moving? Or was it kind of more planned out? like you being like i want to get out of la but like let me give myself a few months yeah it was the latter for sure i mean it kind of was like a split decision like i just kind of woke up one day and i was like ah, i'm sick of, t- of la mm. like i just need to get out of here so then i kind of planned for a few months but i gave me a specific i gave myself a specific date so i said by june 1st i have to be gone and i made the decision in february so i had that date in mind but yeah i kind of made up the decision like within a week gotcha that's really cool i think a lot of people want to do what you've done just pick everything go to a new country yeah what advice do you have for someone who there's a hundred thousand people who's never gonna do that and they were like they want to i'm gonna go to paris i'm gonna live abroad i'm gonna go to bali but they never do it so what advice do you have for someone that might be like looking to kind of make that leap this is gonna be kind of lame but honestly just do it like people just think way too much and the more you think the harder it seems to be and so literally just send it like that's the only advice really because if you think about it too much you're just gonna like there's always gonna be a scenario that comes up or like it'll never be the perfect time like there's nothing ever in your life that's like this is the perfect time to do everything you just gotta like do it rip the band (laughs) some nike execs like that's fucking genius (laughs) (laughs) that's great and so okay you grew up 
for the first five years of your life in Paris, but you would summer in Paris. So did you have a, like a lot of friends when you moved back? Like, did you kind of have like a circle of friends that you could kind of go back to? Yeah, I don't really have any friends out there because okay. when I would go back, I was like with my family, mm -hmm. so my grandparents and my cousins. So I have a few like creator friends in France, but honestly, like not that many close friends. I was so, gonna ask yeah. what like the yeah. creator uh, scene. Yes, yeah, what's that like, like? So different from here, yeah. you guys. It's like LA. We're so lucky here. The communities here are so vibrant and alive. And in France, it's like dead. Like there's a lot of creators, but they don't like unite the way people do here so there's not like mm -hmm. i don't know there's not like big community or yeah. uh, creative friend groups like people don't do stuff together people don't help each other out it's very individualistic in paris so it's so different from here so, honestly so what is like a day in the life like you're in paris you're a photographer you're getting stuff done you like wake up coffee shop cafe yeah, yeah, yeah. and then and then what's next um i mean i feel like it's it just varies yeah you know? like how i'm sure you guys days vary but yeah i mean if i shoot i go shoot or like if it's administrative work i'm at mm -hmm. home i mean it's a lot of like working from home and then like going out and shooting when i need to yeah. but um but i do go outside a lot like i love walking around paris just for like hours if i can and like lo a lot of location scouting right now because nice. i'm still kind of like figuring out like my favorite spots for right. shooting so a lot of walking around google google map pinning mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot of locations do you feel super inspired that you're living in a new city and i feel like everything probably feels so like fresh and new even though you've been there before but it's maybe you're looking at it through a different lens 100% it's so inspiring like being in a new environment every single day you're like excited to go out and shoot and create and that's what I feel right now even though I know Paris like decently well I haven't been there long term since I mean like I was five so right. I don't have it like down as I do with LA and it's so exciting it's so inspiring yeah. do you get a car out there is it biking no you just you yeah. just walk you just walk I mean the public transportation is so good there we, so. they should call our people oh, right yeah. Yeah. seriously I, call some people. I saw the metro was just flooded that was like the one thing really that here yeah. the only yeah. thing no that way. flooded and it was the metro I always forget there's a metro yeah the yeah. poor, poor metro station just went down dude it's probably like let's just like funnel all the water at the thing no yeah. one uses yeah, yeah. honestly yeah, yeah. have you guys insane. ever used it mm. no no I, I used it one time and I was like I'm gonna get murdered yeah, like, yeah. I, would, I would love to keep it that way that i've never used it <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're good when you were back here in la and you have like this camp this base camp right you're working with are monthly retainers or is it a lot of one-offs uh both okay both and so did your retainers get to come with you or has a lot of that work like stopped and you've had to find new retainers out there it's been a little bit of both, but actually surprisingly, a lot of my clients were like super hyped that I was moving to Europe because instead of going through an agency in Europe and like oh. having to put so much more budget behind getting creators in Europe, they're like, well, we already have you, been working with you for forever. So we're just gonna keep this retainer going. So it's actually been super clutch that a lot of my clients just were hyped. I mean, and who, sick. why wouldn't you want a sick Paris photographer right. just on your list? You'd be like, okay, great, that's perfect. We yeah, can send totally. out models that are, you could even source them out. How is that? Yeah. Like, is it, is that, what's that like out there? Sourcing models and what? Same as here for me personally. Okay. Like, I mean, it's just connecting a lot of people on Instagram. And like, like I said, I have a little bit of a network already. So like, it just kind of builds and grows as I go. But it's honestly great because so many, I work with brands mostly. So, so many brands do want to expand their clientele to Europe, obviously, if they're American based. So for them, it's exciting because they get content in Europe and now they can like, you know, make it look at least like they're selling product in Europe. And it's a much quicker way to do that through me. And how often are you shooting in Paris versus, I guess you've only been there for a few months, but like traveling to other countries and shooting there because it's a lot easier to go country to country yeah. in Europe. Uh, I mean, I shoot a lot in Paris, but okay. 
I mean, both. Like I was in London last weekend um, and yeah, it's so easy to travel. So, I mean, like if I have a project and they want me to like go to Portugal, it's like, great. It's like 60 bucks right. <laughs> round trip to go to Portugal. So I got to move. Put it on dude. the invoice is 500 bucks. <laughs> like, I'll travel yeah. for work and it'll be like, I'm going to, no offense to Costa's girlfriend, like Lafayette, Louisiana. <laughs> but like, if you're in Paris, I still have never been. same distance, it's like, why? oh, I'm going to Portugal, dude. I'm going yeah. to Malta yeah. for a shoot. That's so much more fun. The dude. south of France. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. It's so sick. That's so fun. Do you have any places that are on the agenda for just fun travel while you're out there right now? I know you're just getting settled. But. Yeah. Yeah, no, I do. I'm going to Ireland next week and then I'm going to Italy and then I might go to Uganda. I'm still thinking that one over. Oh, fun. So it's like, that's a send. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then probably just going to hop around because it's so easy and the weather is nice Dude. right now. Are you a pre-check kind of girly or you just like don't do pre-check? Yeah. Okay. Do they have pre-check in... Europe, I don't think actually, do, right? I think global and no oh, yeah. global, global entry. entry. Yeah, that's right? huge. But that's to come in. That's not technically like that's to come GSA. into the U.S. Yeah. Oh, is that not vice versa? Uh, it's oh. not the same name. I know that global entry is like to get back into the U.S. So you mm. can like skip the line, but um, I'm always. Skipping I don't know lines. if there's a TSA yeah. pre-check for France. I'm gonna look into. What that. about clear? You got to get yeah, on that's clear. US no, clear oh, that's sucks. just that's just don't. She's okay. A, oh, oh. Whoa. Whoa. Claire, Whoa. Claire, you're, you're fighting words on the corner. No, of, listen. Corner I got spot. clear, and the first airport I uh -huh. went to didn't have oh, clear. No, I was like, I revoke that. this. I don't want it anymore. That's so fair. That you does gotta, happen. You, there's a rep. I have my personal rep. You don't have a personal <laughs> rep. The thing is, might, is, we're not on the same email chain. Apparently, we're not. Sometimes it does screw you. You're like, oh, there's not clear. That's so annoying. Yeah. But it's like it saved us once. Remember that? Once it saved us once, and I'll just always have it. Isn't like it the same as pre-check? No. But the pre-check line was... See, you think that. You think yeah. that. And then LA, all these assholes have pre-check. Mm -hmm. So it's just the same as a regular line. You're like, right. oh, what line is this? Like, the pre-check I mean, line is longer, it's longer than the regular, regular line. Because really? all these idiots have pre-check. So then you get clear and you're like, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> we walk through. So they like, escort like, you to yeah. the front. Yeah. yeah. Seriously, they really do. You feel like James Bond or something. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> He's good. Chase, like, and then you pop down your glasses or yeah. whatever, yeah, scans yeah, your yeah. eye. They're like, you're good. So funny. That's hilarious. You've traveled quite a bit for work. I just did like my first kind of like travel gig besides like touring and stuff like that where I had to like check a bag and bring all my gear. What is your advice for like traveling with gear? Because I'm thinking of getting a Pelican case. Mm. Do you have one? And like, how do you navigate traveling with a And like, can I borrow it? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I was just talking to my roommate about this because she's also a filmmaker. Um, I don't have a Pelican case because I try to travel light. And so if I have a carry-on and a Pelican, my carry-on has to be checked. Yeah. So right. then it kind of defeats the purpose of having a carry-on. So I don't have a Pelican. Okay. Um, I don't think it's as useful for international travel unless you can stuff everything in a backpack, which you guys are dudes, so like probably. Yeah. But nah, not for cool. me. Once, <laughs> once you have enough like Lots of shit, shit, dude. dude. You see, this is just shit that accumulates yeah. on yeah. these walls. Oh, it's just yeah. like... I yeah, I do agree with the Pelican because you do have to. It's your carry on then, and that sucks. Because yeah, I, I thought, like to have. I a you're allowed to have two. Like, you get to carry on in like a backpack. Personal item, but a personal item is like a backpack. Yeah. it can't be another So then, suitcase. for clothes, you can't really put your clothes in a Pelican. Oh, I follow you. So you're not yeah. checking anything. You're like, no. okay. I don't want to check anything. I, me, I'm team no check as well. Yeah. They okay. love checking bags. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so just waiting Dude, for your luggage when you've gotten yeah. somewhere, especially for a long day of travel. No, it's like I'm the just worse. I'm team no check until I'm there for like a week or longer yeah. then you're like how am i, I gonna fit yeah, i gotta be fitted. i think you're right i think seven days is like you have to you check have to check bag. yeah okay anything yeah. other I, i'll find really? a way to do the i go check. like a month 
I of travel you with so just much. to carry on. It's taken oh, years of like yeah. getting it down to <laughs> that. It's like a science yeah. now. Are you folding your clothes? Are you rolling them up? Rolling them up, and then I have like little pre-packaged like, yeah. so she's like going yeah. package yeah. squares or whatever they're called. Yeah. Oh, yeah, those are cool. <laughs> you should create like a course on how to how to travel. <laughs> I could at this point <laughs> for a month out of a carry-on. Yeah. Have you shot Paris Fashion Week in the past, and is that something that might be on oh, the agenda cool. in these next? few months funny you say that i just shot my first paris fashion week oh, in july let's go That's thank you fun. yeah and i'm shooting another one in end of september apparently there's like a fashion week every week like <laughs> oh, this is constant they're it's all just, the time there's happening there yeah i think there's like four or five a year but i just did the couture week in july and then there's i want to say run men's runway or something okay. in september, yeah i'll be so. there yeah, yeah there. <laughs> wait so what does it look like to document like a fashion week show because from my perspective it looks like a shit show watching all you know there's a bunch of models crossing then it's like this vip rows like where do you get to yeah, stand you yeah what's your access look like yeah so i think it depends it depends on what access you have mm. so i was luckily uh, able to go with a guest so she was invited to the show and so we went and captured her on the red carpet and then inside you're not really I mean you can shoot what's going on with the models but typically it's just like your own personal content unless you're like shooting for let's say like Louis Vuitton it's a Louis Vuitton show but it is a shit show it's crazy and then there's like so many photographers waiting outside to get a shot of just whatever celebrity is walking in or out and it, it's kind of like paparazzi mm -hmm. like everybody's a paparazzi for that time being and it's kind of trippy because I've never been in that environment where it's like like you just have to get one picture and see if you can like blast it right. on social media you know <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it's a game of who can get the photo up fastest. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, people will just like go to the coffee shop next door and just edit and then post it right away. Classic. Whoever gets the shot out first, whatever celebrity uses whatever shot first wins essentially. I remember talking to Sabelle. We had a girl on here um, a while back, but she did a lot of like fashion stuff similar to you. And she was like, no, I'm, I'm editing on my phone. Like the, right. the little dongle machine she's mm -hmm. like you got to get it wow. out like in the car on the way to the next location the photo's got to be out that's impressive yeah yeah it's a lot of pressure speed is yeah. everything mm -hmm. that's nuts so you shoot a ton of different <laughs> niches i went i creeped all the way down so you've shot concerts portraits lifestyle but i feel like you tend to go to kind of go to portrait stuff mm -hmm. do you feel like that was a conscious decision did you kind of just start you know working with people and you're like oh i really love this stuff or that's where all your work kind of came from yeah, I mean, I just love shooting people in the non-weirdest like way to say people. that. Like, I love capturing people. And I'm just really social, so I definitely have drawn to, like, working with other people and models. Um, and then naturally, that's kind of, like, included incorporating products and so then brands have naturally come in um but yeah like capturing people is my all-time favorite it's just bread and so butter. fun yeah how can you go about making someone maybe feel more comfortable if it's one of their first right. times shooting portraits because i feel like um for video particularly it's difficult for us i feel like to really give direction for portraits like when we're yeah. you know what i mean like when like, we're like that yeah I, I admire it a lot when i watch a photographer work and i'm like god damn it i really right, need, like, I need do that this that's, and that's what i need you to do but for the video then, thing yeah you know? yeah yeah because yeah, i never think of them anyway yeah keep going. Yeah, yeah. yeah tell us some advice <laughs> yeah i think i think a lot of it has to do with posing and directing and mm. so you have to be pretty confident when you're giving i guess orders in a way or direction and so building that rapport with the person that you're working with a tip that i always give people because i do workshops and sometimes i get like posing directing workshops and i'll tell people if you can get there a little bit early and you like park a little bit further away with the model and you walk to the location and you take that five ten minutes to just like have a conversation mm. and get to know them build the relationship so like the nerves are down a little bit and then you just 
flow into shooting with that you know mini relationship already created so it's a lot of like trying to become friends with your subject and then naturally flowing through it i think for me at least yeah that's smart i agree yeah that's great one of the things that i noticed that you do extremely well that i don't see a lot of photographers doing with portraits like you have these people doing crazy poses it's not like that like like, i scrolled back through instagram and um like when you're first starting out, it seems like they were a little bit more like basic poses. And now you have photos of people like literally on their head <laughs> or like jumping straight out like the, yeah. at the Walt Disney. What was it? The Walt Disney concert Hall? Or, hall yeah. yeah, concert hall. Crazy. Like how do you. Okay, how do I start yeah, this question? How do question? you like think of those kind of poses to be doing? Like, you have like a mood board in your room. What does it look like? Are you getting inspo and from is it, people? Is it determined on the model that you're using? Because not everybody mm-hmm. can get into those poses. So answer all five questions right. <laughs> <laughs> at the same time. Um, so it definitely helps if it's an experienced model. Obviously, okay. like they usually are just down to do anything. But I always tell people, pose as weird as possible and the weirder it feels the doper it looks on camera so like throw your limbs out like i always like to incorporate motion and movement so i don't want like a standing still photo and typically if someone's moving you're gonna get crazier poses Mm -hmm. with like yeah them walking or throwing their arms around um and so i just try to get like their limbs out as weird as that sounds in like different shapes and i also love doing very angular um kind of poses so like creating angles with your body and that takes a lot of movement usually turns out really cool in photos is there a particular lens that you find that you're always like this one never leaves my camera when i'm out 1635 okay the wide angle is so clutch it makes everything look even crazier and especially with the bigger crazier poses when you're on a wide angle it just like makes it even larger than life and it yeah it just makes you look longer and it it makes whatever you think looks crazy even crazier yeah Mm. i feel like when you're starting to do portraits it's like long lens because it's like the classic portrait and then like the more experienced like the really dope portrait photographers are always like wide as fuck that's so (laughs) true because i think people assume that like if you have a lot of bokeh that's what makes a good portrait 85 is where they sit yeah exactly but then typically if you're shooting that low then it's like one eyeball in focus and like Mm. nothing else you know so no i i love the wide angle it's sick that's awesome backtracking back to paris real quick you got to shoot at claude monet is that Mm -hmm. okay wow what was (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you thank you um what how did that come about yeah that was actually so random but super cool so i have a friend that shoots for beautiful destinations and so they were um shooting a i think an ad or a campaign or something for I say Dubai Airlines. What's the airlines? This Emirates. 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 Yeah. Dubai Airlines. Close enough. Same thing. Emirates. Um, and so they, I think they have like a new flight that goes straight to Paris or something. So they were filming an ad for that. So they did an ad for like showing all the cool things you can do in Paris on like a layover, like whenever you go to Paris. So my friend invited me to come help shoot that. Um, so we went to Claude Monet's house. If you don't know who that is, it's like really really famous um painter and his house is still standing and um they graciously let us shoot there after like everyone left so we had the entire property gardens and everything to ourselves for hours and it was insane that's so cool yeah i just remember seeing you post it on your story and you being like i can't believe i got to shoot here like how fucking cool and like how dope of an experience oh yeah i mean you guys have seen his paintings like he's so famous and so to be in the area that he painted with no one else there is mental like the sun was setting there was not a single person but us two there or us three and yeah it was just magical like i was in a painting it was so cool do you ever like use like paintings as inspiration for portraits Paintings, not so much. I would say more like films. Yeah, okay. yeah, or like very cinematic, maybe looking photos. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. 
I'm just wondering. I was throwing it out there. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, but maybe I should. It's a good idea. So you also have a podcast. You're not new to this game. So it's called the Shoot Your Shot Podcast, and it's with your buddy Georgia. Yeah. When did you start this, and you know how has it been having a podcast? Yeah, it's been a wild journey. I'm. I would love to chat with you guys about this because I'm sure you guys have had a crazy experience with podcasting as well. But yeah, it's been really good. We started. Um, we started recording November of last year, so it hasn't even been a year, so it's still pretty fresh, pretty new. Um, but yeah, it's been so different from like what I'm used to. It's a completely different side of your creative brain, and it's been way more difficult than I thought it would be, but it's been really fun. And That's so, so true. Does she also do photos, or is she video? She does more video and then like travel content kind of stuff. Oh, cool. And so what does the pod usually kind of go around? Is it like people asking you guys questions, or is it topics that you find interesting? Yeah, it's... It's topics, so we bring on guests, and then for episodes that's just us, it's usually like specific topics that we want to talk about. But our kind of like motto is spilling the tea on all things creative industry. So we kind of mm -hmm. love talking about like the taboo subjects or like things that people are afraid to touch on, like pricing or ooh, you know ooh. pet peeves of the creative industry. Like we try to keep it a little spicy. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hit the dude. Tell those brands if they're not getting you good deals, man. Right. <laughs> Let them know that their deals are shit. Yeah, that's such a good segment title. I love that. Yeah. Okay. And so how do you and Georgia come together to like make the podcast yeah so we met last summer at a fourth of July party um and I'd been wanting to do a podcast for years but I never felt like I met someone who I could like vibe with perfectly for a podcast wait did you guys meet at um, Alabama Hills yeah were you there that's where we that's where we, where wait, we met <laughs> yeah. it's, classic, it's easy to classic, forget classic, him and stuff I get yeah, it yeah, you yeah, know yeah. It so sorry no I, yeah. I was yeah I it was you're, also you're a party. super hyped on Georgia and <laughs> I met, about me. yeah I met my soulmate no, yeah, there right, you know right, so um, but yeah so we met there and it was funny I as soon as we met I was like oh this girl has like a similar vibe to me like I could see us doing something really cool together and a couple months later I was like I think I'm gonna ask her to do this podcast so I was in France I think and I called her and she didn't pick up and I texted her I was like hey like you need to call me I have an idea and then she never called me back and then a week later she's like hey call me like I need to talk to you about something and I was like okay so I called her and I was like what did you want to talk about and she goes i think we should start a podcast and i was like no fucking way i was like that's why i called you so it was like a very meant to be moment um but yeah we then we started recording like two months later and now we just finished season one hell yeah Sweet. congratulations yeah. how many episodes in season one 20 let's go yeah. congrats not easy to do no definitely no. not okay so you mentioned how you've like struggled a little bit what have been uh some of those struggles that you've faced getting into a new medium of, I guess, content. Yeah, I think I think we underestimated like how much work goes behind a podcast. It just seems so easy to just mm -hmm. talk and then record it, but it's so much more than that. It's so many technical things. And then, you know, we're so busy and now we're on opposite ends of the world. And so like scheduling and deadlines and editing on time, it was just a lot of little things that accumulated into us just being like, whoa, this is so much more than we expected it to be. So we ended up hiring an editor and now we're hiring a producer and it's just, yeah, it's been a really good learning lesson of there's so much more behind any sort of business than what it yeah, seems. Absolutely. You have to like schedule it. Are you doing it virtually from Paris a lot of the time or? Well, this whole season one was in person. And okay. now that I've moved, it's going to be in person and virtual. Got it. It is um, a podcast, uh, two female creatives as the host. Do you feel like there was a gap in the market there? Yeah. I feel like there's not so many, almost so many white dudes with podcasts. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> well, there's also a lot of white girls with podcasts. But oh, well. um, in the creative industry, yes, I feel like there isn't really like yeah. people doing that. And so, yeah, it definitely felt like we were filling a gap. I mean, hopefully, yeah. You know. I don't know too many 
like female creatives in the space. And I think it's like really dope that you guys are like shining a light on that. Yeah, it's really fun. It's it's fun because I think that it is a male dominated industry, which is fine. Like that's how it's been for a long time. And so it's nice to be bringing other girls into the picture and kind of showing girls that are starting or girls that are interested in being a creative that like it's so possible and there's so many girls doing this even though it seems like there may not be at times yeah there's so many and so it's nice to be able to show that what like is like the main like motivation like the goal or like the what keeps you going because it's a lot of fucking work is it like you just love doing it or is it, like you want to like help as many people as possible or like where are you going with that i think shining a light on female artists mm. for sure and then I think just touching on topics that yeah. like aren't talked about Hell a yeah. lot is so fun. And it's just, yeah, it's fun to to talk about the things that are difficult to talk about and create maybe like uncomfortable conversations. I don't know. I love I love having those uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. I'm fun. not good at that. <laughs> what, like, give me like an example. Yeah, yeah, like, give us one. The, the most what, uncomfortable What's an uncomfortable one? Yeah, like pricing, like specific right. pricing. I feel like people gatekeep actual totally. numbers. Yeah. And so talking about specific numbers or like how to get clients, like people mm-hmm. will just be like, oh, well, you know, word of mouth. It's like, what does that even mean? Like, right. how do you actually build a career on in a, the creative industry? And so just giving like very specific things that I feel like typically people say for like workshops or courses mm-hmm. or don't want to give out all the tips, you know? I love that. No, yeah. definitely. We talked about it like a few episodes back on pricing, pricing. for like hours. It was so fun. But pricing it's, guide's still coming. Still coming. Soon. Yeah, it's coming soon. <laughs> but no, it's interesting because you make a very fair point. Like when I was starting, no matter who you DM, email, no one's giving you their rates. They would either just leave you on red. Right. Yeah. And so it's nice. That's awesome that you guys are doing that. It's so helpful for everyone. It also, it's great if you, if you're telling your rates, it also helps people because if you're charging nothing, you're fucking up the entire economy yeah. of, of this totally. creator industry if you're not charging enough or you know what I mean yeah, so totally. it's, it's very interesting and it needs to be talked about more I had a shower thought earlier today actually and I thought it would be really interesting to send out a um, like a, a survey monkey of oh. types oh. and like reach out to everybody in like the concert mm. photography and videography niche that I've met and be like can you fill this out and be like what are your deliverables how much do you charge because I feel like for a really long time, I knew only what I was getting mm-hmm. paid. I didn't really know like what right. other people were getting paid as well. So I feel like it'd be so interesting to send out a thing, be like, yo, a hundred or even like 500, a thousand photographers, videographers within this niche filled this out. This is what their deliverables are and this is how much they're charging. Love I think that'd that. be cool. Yeah, in the advertising <laughs> space, someone made an Instagram page yeah. and then you would send in, it would it was anonymous and you'd say how much money you made. What oh, you're, I know the page you're talking you do, about. Yeah, what that. your job title is, like oh, what's asked so you, sick. if your job sucks. Yeah. And like they do, they'll just go and hammer at it. Like don't fucking work here. This place right. sucks. Right. You know? yeah. It's so important to do that because it raises the rates for everyone. Totally. And it also teaches businesses and brands and clients that like they can't be under. Yeah, you can't charge. be getting stuff yeah. for free, dude. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Start a little union. Honestly, there's so many of us now. There should be. <laughs> Do you have any advice for someone wanting to start a podcast? I would say go in with actual real ideas and like write everything down first and don't just like go for it without anything planned out because that's kind of what screwed us over a little bit was not really taking the time to outline everything mm. and also to give each other specific roles within the podcast. I don't know if that's been an issue for you guys or how you guys have done that, but we were kind of just both handling everything. And so it would put like too much stress on both of us when we were all trying to tackle everything together instead of just being like, you're really good at this. This is These are your strengths and these are your weaknesses. So you're gonna handle like sponsorship management or you're gonna handle like edit, like managing the editor. Or you're gonna handle social media instead of like us trying to put in like 50% into both 
or all things, it was helpful to give ourselves specific roles within the podcast, aside from just hosting. Smart. Yeah. yeah. I think that that's helped us a lot. Having Kosis edits our pod. And mm-hmm. so shout out Kosis because yep. we'd be screwed if he didn't edit the pod. It helps so much. Having someone, you know, really dedicated to the one thing, like you're saying. Yeah. And I feel like everything kind of rises up. Like shout out Keon. He's not here, but like we would be nothing without Keon's clips. So right. it helps so much as a team. You guys do great stuff. Dude, come on. Baby. I show up. I vibe. That's, you that's, vibe. I show up and I vibe. You're so, the vibrator. Yeah. But the, yeah. the best. Yeah. I, like I like that. That that, that fits well. <laughs> that fits well. That's incredible. Um, you brought up the workshops that you do, mm-hmm. and I want to talk to you about that because I've one never attended a like creator workshop of any kind, but also we've talked about having like live events, and mm-hmm. I think it'd be really cool. Can you touch a little bit on these workshops that you do? What do you teach and like how are they kind of structured? Yeah, so I do individual workshops. Um, so I don't do group ones. Um, and oh. these can be virtual or um, in person. So there's an editing workshop, a shooting workshop, which is usually a lot of like teaching how to direct and pose models. And then the one that is booked the most is the business workshop. Um, and so that's basically taking someone at the very beginning of their career and kind of giving them a guide on what to do, how to get clients, how to reach out, how to cold email, how to present themselves. Like, I mean, all the business aspects of starting a photography business. That's so, that's so important. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that it's, it's just interesting that everyone wants like to do the creative, but like the people, the thing that people need help with the most is like, it's always the business. You know what I mean? I was about to say, totally. I feel like it's low key 60, 40 to the side of business. Oh yeah. Cause I think that most of the people that at least DM us, they're lost with business and, yeah. and they're then and, and they're going to be a starving artist. And yeah. that's exactly what you don't that like the reason why we do this. Cause it's really cool and fun. We get to do something we love and you get to make money, ha- you know, happening to do the thing that we love, which right. is sick. So, right. But there's so much more into making money. You Absolutely. Know? Like, and unfortunately there is no guide on how to be a Absolutely successful not. creator. Cause it's still such a new industry and there's no like, you can't go to school really for, I mean, you can, I guess in a way, but like, yeah, not really, not, not really. really. Like, mm-hmm. you can, yeah, you can go to school for like photography or filmmaking, but it's not really going to teach you the business side. So a lot of it is just having to learn on the go. And so there's so many things I wish someone would have told me at the beginning, you just simple things like, like get a fucking contract, you know, right. like it's such a simple thing to do. But like when I was 20, I wasn't thinking about that and it got screwed over. So all these little tips, like hopefully it helps someone further their career faster. And then like you said earlier, it helps all of us long-term. So, okay. Okay, besides a contract, is there like a specific mistake you see beginner photographers making? Yeah, I would say doing free work or like yeah. severely undervaluing themselves um, or pricing themselves just based on the actual time shooting and not the time editing or the time in pre-production. That's a good one. Like yeah. all of that it just accumulates to so much more time, but it's a lot of the free work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think people got to stop doing all the free work. Dude. Yeah, you know, I think that it's like you could do it once or if you haven't done it in said space. But then once you have the thing, go charge people for it. You know, but see, I right. disagree with that. Though. Okay, give it to me. Just, just create a spec project. Oh, there you, you go. If you want to shoot for like, let's say sneaker brand, mm-hmm. like don't go ask a sneaker brand to give you free like sneakers Definitely. and then shoot for free. Just go grab a pair of sneakers, create a right. whole spec ad. And you can still put on your website. You can mm-hmm. still be under your portfolio. Absolutely. And you're not doing free work. And then you already have your portfolio built out. And then you can pitch that to a sneaker brand without having to not charge. And you can do it ex- exactly how you would want it to. Which exactly. Is cool. yeah, yeah, definitely. I love that. That's actually a really good tip. Hell yeah. Is there a piece of gear that you recommend to beginner photographers that isn't a lens and isn't a camera body? Ooh. That would be like, your, <laughs> like, go get this. This is like your best investment after you have your camera. Um, An SSD. 
hard Word. drive. Yeah, gotta be fast. <laughs> it's like very technical, yeah. I guess, and kind of boring. But yeah, I was playing around with some horrible hard drives at first, and I lost a lot. So yeah. a good hard drive. Lacy's, yeah. Uh, Lacy's are trash. Yeah, dude. they are. They're trash. Let them know. So you gotta cancel Lacy's. Stupid <laughs> orange drives are trash. Yeah, yeah. Just like your storage. Yeah, like backing yeah. up all your photos <laughs> which is like another expense that you got to think about when you're pricing too totally because it's like mm-hmm. i gotta buy a 200 dollars hard drive for all this stuff like you gotta put that in you oh know? Yeah. yeah even things like dropbox or pixie set right. or your adobe software like all that costs money and that goes into how you charge is pixie set how you deliver like a gallery of the photos yeah okay i need to check that out i've I never really used like it. it i'm usually just doing like a Dropbox link, but it I've heard Pixie link looks nice. It just presents okay. it in like a more aesthetic way. And then can you download the photos from Pixie? Set? Yeah, you can download and you can leave comments and you can even favorite. So sometimes I'll have clients make their own selections because oh, I hate nice. selecting. It's such, it takes so much time. And so I'll just have them go directly on there. They just favorite their, their faves and then I get a little link and then you can copy and paste the numbers into your Lightroom. So you don't have to manually go like flag oh, every that's photo. Sick. It's so clutch. Highly recommend. Good to know. There it is. Pixie set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any more light? I like you're just doing lightning round questions. I love that. <laughs> what, what camera body do you use? Ah, uh, this is so embarrassing. I have oh. a Mark IV and it's so oh, old. That's not I really need to upgrade. Still a Canon. Canon Mark IV? Yeah. I just I thought you were going to say, say Nikon. Nikon. Yeah, I thought you were going to say no, Nikon. No. I, was like, I, was like, I do not shoot on a potato, guys. <laughs> Cut the pod. Fucking no, no, no. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're done. Do you use like a lot of like strobes or like reflectors or is it more just natural i would say more natural some reflectors for sure i use some like on-camera flash um not that many strobes unless it's like you know um like econ sure yeah but yeah that boring shit yeah no offense (laughs) okay you work with a lot of brands Mm -hmm. advice to creating like really great content for brands that they're happy with um with the thought in mind of being like i'd love to work with this brand and lock them in for a retainer but I need to like create work that they're gonna wanna use me like on a retainer basis. Like advice for that. Yeah, like how to present your work yeah. to be more attractive for brands. Yeah. I would say um, when you're shooting, like focusing on the product and not necessarily the person. And so if you're wanting to shoot like sneakers or like you wanna shoot for Monster, like making the shoot about the product, but also putting the product in places that you wouldn't actually see it in real life. So I love incorporating like editorial photography with product photography. So taking a simple product like a can and then just making as wild as possible. Mm. So like the product is still the main focus, but there's like crazy stuff going on in the background, you know, like whether it's like a crazy pose or like throwing the can in the air and like just making it really attractive to look at. Um, And then, yeah, just creating a bunch of portfolio work like that. I think that's more exciting for a brand than just seeing like kind of a boring product shot you bring up a really good point of focusing on the product and not so much the model i made this mistake shooting a sunglasses commercial i was just like so hyped on how sick the models looked and the set was that i realized i didn't really shoot much like detail shots of the actual sunglasses so i had to get creative and like punch in Mm -hmm. but um yeah that's a really good point that i wish i had known before i shot that sunglasses yeah well it's always next time to your shot list (laughs) (laughs) um okay you also signed with Mm stills.com so i saw this on your uh instagram i had never heard of this can you talk a little bit about what it is? And I feel like it's kind of a cool way to make money as a photographer. Yeah, yeah, it's actually brand new. So they own, um, uh, what's the video? They own the big video licensing company. Storyblocks? Sure. Oh, Storyblocks? No, another one. Stills.com. Pond5. 
Shutterstock. No, no, no. It's another one. It's uh, just video. Just video. It's just licensing, licensed videos. I'm not Envato. Sure. Okay. I no. can't remember the name. Okay, Sorry, but, some, but some, you guys some. have probably used it or heard of it. Um, but they own that really big platform, so they started a new one for photos. So basically, they bring out a bunch of artists um, that who are whose content they use for licensing with like graphic designers or whatever like client wants them basically um so yeah so they wrap a bunch of artists and then they manage all of your usage and licensing agreements essentially oh, that's great. so it's like a mini well not mini they're pretty big it's an agency for just licensing which is nice you never have to negotiate that stuff that's on your great own. do you get a good fee from it or do they take a majority no you get a good fee and then you also it's really cool you actually get to decide how much is allocated to you into the model whether the model's paid whether oh. there's royalties um and so you just put all the photos that you want on the platform and then essentially they go through and sift through them and then decide which ones are going to go live on the platform and then additionally for example today one of my retainer clients said that they might be having a bunch of billboards and they wanted to use some of my photos and so i have my rep from stills um basically negotiating everything oh, because it's licensing the photos that i have that's it yeah that's so, so cool. And you're just like getting you're like oh i just someone licensed it boom yeah buy my you know whatever. exactly yeah it's really cool speaking of licensing mm-hmm. in 2019 you had your first like published photo puma in yeah. women's foot locker yeah how did that come about you seemed pretty hyped in the instagram photo yeah no that was super super <laughs> cool um yeah, so I worked with Puma for a while and it's so funny. Like people always ask like, how do you get these big brands? And there's so many different ways. But with this one, I I saw this girl on Instagram who worked at Puma in the marketing department and I followed her and um, we just started like interacting and we both had this like crazy love for dubstep at the time. Sure. And I was like a big raver back in the day. And so we just became like homies because of Dove stuff. And then eventually she was like, yo, I just love your work. Like, let me bring you on to the Puma stuff. So then I started shooting for Puma and basically just ended up doing a project where uh, they wanted photos of women, uh, lady, lady, lady Foot Locker, I think it's called. And then my photos were in a bunch of like their stores um, throughout America. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Kind like Dove make a friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You never know though where, what your interests might align with someone else. That's yeah, awesome. truly just creating genuine relationships with people. That's gotta be a really cool feeling of like having your work printed in a pretty well-established like store yeah it was so cool and especially because it was it was pretty early still in my career I think it was like year two or three of being full-time so like walking into a store and seeing my my work printed out like in front of the Puma section of the store was wild it's so much cooler than seeing it on like even like Puma's like Instagram no matter like how many followers they have it's just so much cooler like having like a tangible like piece of work that you did and just oh yeah work printed is a whole different vibe it's just like materializes it in such a beautiful way hell yeah dude do you sell prints at all I don't okay no Mm -hmm. I shoot a lot of portraits, so I I've never really thought like, do people want random people's faces on their walls? Like maybe, maybe. Claude Monet, yeah, he he would want it. (laughs) True, he knows everything. He knows everything about the French uh, painting renaissance. I sell my portraits to Claude Monet. (laughs) Well, he's dead. To the estate. To the estate. (laughs) But I also feel like the fact that you had it early on in your career is pretty. I guess inspiring to yourself, right? You're like, I must be doing something right if I'm getting my photo printed out in a lady foot locker. Yeah, it was very motivating. And I think it came at a good time where I felt like my career wasn't going anywhere. It had been like two or three years. And obviously it takes time, but I was like, damn, like when am I gonna have that like little break? You know, Mm. when are people gonna like start seeing me as the artist that I think I am? And so that was really good motivation to keep pushing. And um, it's just, it's always good motivation because there's so many ups and downs being a creator. And there's gonna be so many times you're like, am I ever gonna get another job? Mm. Like it's been a month now, what am I waiting for? Um, So yeah, I was very motivated. 
fascinating. And so what was the reason you picked up the camera in the first place? I mean, just because I liked photography. Okay. Yeah, I just uh, stumbled upon a photography meetup in DC, like way back when I was 18. And I just ended up going to the photography meet and then immediately was like, whoa, I love this. This is so cool. In the near future, right? Six to 12 months, what would you hope to accomplish? with photography, specifically now that you're in Paris, you're bouncing mm. back to LA, is there like a campaign that you're like eyeing, you've already done a fashion week, what do you think it looks like? Yeah, so I would love to start working with more luxury brands, so very much in like the like Dolce Gabbana, Versace mm. kind of vibe. Um, one of my dream like bucket list goals for my career would be to direct or even shoot a commercial for a luxury perfume brand. Mm. So you know there's like crazy mm -hmm. perfume brands mm. of like Dior where the girl's like soaring midair over like Paris, Johnny over like Depp a bridge. Like yeah, Sauvage, yeah. yeah. Exactly, that is exactly I my, have the same dream. my dream. Yeah. I started yeah. watching, I I started watching I Depp versus Heard. Oh, Last is it good? Night? Oh, dude, trials it, wild. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you I watched. I remember watching that shit live. But yeah, I actually yeah. literally have the same dream. Perfume commercials is like that's the coolest. Incredible. Just unlimited creative freedom. Yeah, why do oh, I feel yeah. like they also have like massive budgets? They because do. they do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, they have yeah. the likes of Johnny Depp yeah. Yeah. or like Dua Lipa just yeah. flying yeah. midair over Paris. You know? Yeah, so it's sick. crazy. They're down for anything, which I think is what's exciting about it. Is like I feel like I could pitch anything. They'd be like, Yeah, we're down to bring an elephant onto the <laughs> bridge. As long as it's just like weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So fucking cool. Yeah. Well, that's sick. We're gonna have to have you back on once you do, do the perfume. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm working on it, and hopefully directing some more too. Because I would love to direct. Oh yeah, mm, some yeah. videos or some photo shoots. Video, yeah, love I love. I'm working on kind of working on a short film right now. Oh, sick. First ever, so Ooh. in the early stages of directing, but yeah. Do you think you'll be out in Paris? Um, yeah. Like shooting? Probably. Yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah. for this specific mm -hmm. one, I think we'll be in the south of France. Oh, not yeah. bad. If it all works. Nice. Out. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Flew that in specifically for the pod. I love that. They're talking about my hat listener. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Festival de Cannes. How was that, by the way? You Wait, went is right that there. Oh, oh, okay. I, I, was, I, I, I got it now. I got, I got an award, gave him the hat. Yeah. You know, yeah. Exactly. Oh, sick. Yeah. That's very Anyways, cool. Um, Brandon, ask the last question. Okay. You know you want to. Claire, give me some advice to your 18 year old self. Okay. Um, I would say stay in your lane and just oh. focus on you. Do you not compare yourself to other people? Um, yeah, just just focus on what you're doing because no amount of comparing yourself is a gonna ever make you feel better about yourself. It's gonna make you feel worse, but also everybody's journey is so different. So there's no point in comparing. Yeah. Amazing, Claire. Thank yeah. you so much for Thank coming on to Thank the so 505 Podcast, episode 76. We will link all of her socials below. Lady Baguette, for those who are <laughs> listening, check that out and we'll see you guys all next week. Peace. Later. Bye.